Hey guys, and welcome back to the Ducks and Dogs podcast. My name is Mike, here again with my co-host, Matt. How are you doing today, Matt? Good. I just uh, forked down some McDonald's. Feeling good. Feeling good? Yeah. So it's been a quiet week for Oregon and Washington. Both teams were on a bye and made yeah. no movements. So we do get to talk, you know, Sadly. obviously a little bit about both teams, but we do get to talk more nationally this episode. Mm-hmm. And uh, before we get into that, any any big news breaks for the Huskies going into this week? No. <laughs> Sadly. <laughs> I think everybody was kind of expecting something to happen. Nothing happened. Nothing happened? I, I mean, big surprise, the administration doesn't do anything about an underperforming Washington team. And who do you guys play again? You guys play... UCLA. 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 Oh. Yeah. So... How do you think that game's going to go? <laughs> DTR coming into town, obviously, he's a dynamic quarterback. Makes me a bit nervous with the way our um, our run defense has looked. But I think that UCLA does a little bit more of a pass attack than run from what I have seen. So I'm not nearly as worried as, say, I was for Oregon State. And honestly, like UCLA's fallen off a bit. They look inconsistent at times. I think another winnable game for Washington. They really got to step up, though. UCLA's talented, and if they turn it on at any moment, watch out. <laughs> and they can run the ball too. I mean, I mean, I know they have passed well, they can, a lot. Yeah. The DTR can run the ball. Their running backs are solid. Like exactly, like that's why DTR is a problem for that defense because he's going to create a lot of mismatches in the run game. So DTR is the best, most inconsistent player I've ever seen. <laughs> Honestly, I still think he's the best quarterback in the pack. He's the best bad player I've ever seen. <laughs> I can see that. And it's not that he's actually bad. He's just like, okay, he's the worst good player I've ever seen. (laughs) He just, he is inconsistent for sure. It seems like wasted potential, man. Mm -hmm. I feel like he could have been so much more at UCLA, especially with Chip Kelly's system. And these guys are getting open at times. He's just being DTR. I think it, I think it speaks to, to how that team has been inconsistent. Obviously DTR plays a big role in that. They kind of reflect off of each other, but Obviously, if the team around you is not helping all that much, you know, it's not going to look good for you. Yeah, agreed. Uh, so are you going into this week expecting a tight game or are you expecting to be able I, to pull away? 100% expecting a tight game. I think every game from here on out is going to be a tight game. Even like, I don't know, Arizona's on the schedule, I'm pretty sure. Um, Arizona's not I, as bad as I thought they were. Not as bad. I still think Washington can pull away they're, that one. But they're still bes- bad, but they're not as bad yeah, as I thought. Besides that, I'm pretty sure every game we have from here on out is going to be tight. If Oregon keeps up their pace, that game is going to be tight. Like, just, just saying. This is the run game, correct? Yeah. I don't think it's going to be that tight. You know who else is your quarterback? Listen, I don't want to talk about that, but <laughs> that's a good segue because I did want to yeah. transition into something. I have a theory, which, I mean, I'm, other people have already said it, as to why Anthony Brown is the quarterback this week. Yeah. Joe Moorhead was hospitalized, and we're still not 100% sure if he's going to be calling the game this week. For sure. So do you switch to a young, inexperienced quarterback without your offensive coordinator there? Because our offensive coordinator is also our quarterback's coach. Yeah. I doubt it. So, I mean, that could be a factor. And, like, obviously, if you're going to start Anthony Brown this week, no matter what, Mario Cristobal is not going to come out and say, yeah, the backups are better when he's starting this week. Like, that would just wouldn't make sense. Yeah, that's so, true. I'm hoping, I mean, unless he balls out, 
if he balls out, then let him play. But yeah. <laughs> I'm hoping if he uh, has a similar performance with Joe Moorhead back, we will move on from him and let one of the young guys play, whether it be Robbie Ashford, Jay Butterfield, or Ty Thompson. Yeah. And if we do that, I think the ceiling for this team spikes. Like, it jumps a 100%. Lot. Well, if you want to talk national news, look what happened to Oklahoma. Yeah, <laughs> they, they bent Spencer Rattler and put in Caleb Williams and they haven't turned back. Yeah, I mean, I've been on the train all year as so have a lot of people that Oklahoma's overrated this and that and they're frauds and all that. I don't think Spencer Caleb- Rattler was the issue by chance. I just think he, he wasn't that liked in the locker room. That was an issue. Yeah, I think and I think that plays a big part, too. People don't realize he how big play of a part. Yeah, dude could play ball, but I mean, he didn't look too great against Texas. And, you know, you lose that locker room. The guys around you aren't going to want to play for you. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Um, that plays a big factor in it too. But Caleb Williams, like legitimate playoff team, obviously you got to fix that defense a little bit. It was a classic big 12 game, <laughs> high scoring, no defense, but Holy cow. My, my perspective on Oklahoma has shifted quite a bit after watching Caleb Williams take that over. Yeah. It's, they look like a really good team, but they do at the same time. I'm, I'm hoping, you know, Mario Cristobal and them take a look at that. And they're like, Hey, we kind of got this because, I mean, when you look at the Elite 11, when it comes to strictly their performance at the Elite 11, Ty Thompson outplayed Caleb Williams. Mm-hmm. He got the dog of the Elite 11 or whatever it was called. And 75% of the award was based on film. So obviously Caleb Williams won it because Caleb Williams' film was insane. Unreal, yeah. Yeah, But, I mean, I'm hard-pressed to think that there's going to be a massive gap between Ty and Caleb. I do think Caleb and Heward are the best two in that class, and there is a gap. But I don't know yeah. how massive that gap is between them and then, like, Vandegrift and Ty Thompson and guys like that. So, I mean, I can't, like, there's no way that these freshmen are as bad as Anthony Brown. <laughs> there's no way. Yeah. All three, the odds that all three highly rated recruits are worse than what we're seeing. Are well, I mean, worse the thing about statistically than Dakota Prukup are way worse <laughs> statistically than Tyler Shuck. I don't buy it at all. Yeah. And the thing too, is those young guys, they're young. They have, they haven't hit their ceilings yet. Anthony Brown is like 85 years old. Yeah. He's <laughs> you know not getting I mean? better. <laughs> he's, he's not come close better. to, if not already hit that ceiling. So he's not Justin Herbert where the system's holding it back. He's holding the system back. Yeah. Holy cow. Herbert for MVP, by the way, huh? Ah. Uh, Dude's playing crazy. He is nuts. Yeah. You you know what? You want a hot take? All right, I'm a hot take this year. Oh boy. <laughs> I'm I'm getting ready so we can clip this up and you can we can put it on the Twitter. Okay. Hot take. Justin Herbert is the best quarterback in the NFL right now. Wow. Over <laughs> you saw what Lamar Jackson did last night, right? He's the only one who's in the conversation with him. Mahomes isn't on like how he's playing this year. Mahomes isn't on that level, and Mahomes has better weapons. A comparable, no. they have a comparable offensive line. He's got Tyree Kill, Travis Kelsey, and Andy Reid. No Josh Allen. Russell Wilson's hurt. Can't throw him into that conversation. I like Josh anymore. Allen. Uh, Russell Russell Wilson wouldn't have been in that conversation anyways. I mean, Aaron Rodgers. He's great. Aaron Rodgers called um, too. I'm just saying. I'm not saying it's like a massive gap and it's a blowout, but I'm saying mm-hmm. for my money, I'm taking Justin Herbert. Interesting hot take. I don't think it's overly like, you know, flaming hot. I don't. Yeah, because you could definitely make the argument at this point in the NFL season that it is valid because it does hold a lot of validity, especially with how the Chargers have in, like improved since last season. 
you know, you get some more tools around Justin Herbert. He looks comfortable out there. He's making big time throws, big time plays. Yeah. And you know, you know, the top three in the NFL are, uh, as for this season, how they've played so far, I think there's no debate that it's one of these three. It's Herbert, it's Lamar, and it's Kyler. And then there's a small gap between the next group. Kyler's played really Josh well. Josh Allen yeah. and Aaron Rodgers, and then would be yeah. Hmm. It's not a I still think gap. the Cardinals are inconsistent. I'm still not sold on them. I got to see more from them. I'm sold on them as a Cardinals fan. I was going to say, you're a Cardinals fan, so you're biased. <laughs> I'm also unbiased because I'm a Seahawks fan, but you know. Chandler Jones is uh, on the COVID list. Is he really? Mm-hmm. Oh, no. That's not good. We play the Browns. Browns you are a good should, team, but their offense they're, sucks. They're so. good. You should still be okay. Matt, you should still be okay so, on that one. Now, Oregon Oregon plays Cal, and there yeah. is an interesting storyline within this, aside from you know the whole Anthony Brown storyline. You have yeah. Oregon's former linebackers coach, who is now the co-defensive coordinator at Cal. And then you have Tim DeRuiter, who is now the defensive coordinator at Oregon, who was the defensive coordinator at Cal. Yeah. And Justin Wilcox is a former Duck. So it's it's, it's really, it's going to be interesting because like there's a lot of ties between, honestly, you know, I've come to realize it more and more over the past week. There's a lot of ties between all of the Pac-12 programs and Oregon. Yeah. Washington's coaching staff is based from Chris Peterson. It's a Chris Peterson staff. UW, like literally two days ago, just, just hired, hired Oregon for their NIL but program, whatever, from I think Oregon. If you're going to hire somebody from NIL from another school, it's LSU, Miami, or Oregon right now. They've done yeah. the oh, best. Oh, yeah, 100%. Yeah, it's a good hire. I think it's a good hire. Why not have somebody from that She's program? She's really good. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, you know, I think every every program has been touched by, by Oregon staff. I mean, you got Chris Peterson came from Oregon. Your whole whole staff is left behind from him. Dante yeah. Williams is the head coach at USC, was the DB's yeah. coach at Oregon. Uh, mm-hmm. Prentice, the wide receivers coach at Arizona State, came from Oregon. There, there, there's coach Chip Kelly, UCLA's head coach, came from yeah. Oregon. Like these guys are all over the place, and it's absolutely insane. Justin Wilcox, obviously, we already mentioned that one. Like it's, mm. I have never seen a conference do as much to like become the other team who's leading the conference you know like obviously Ole Miss has Lane Kiffin and Georgia has Kirby Smart but yeah I feel like the imprint is you know a lot of Nick Saban's guys leave the SEC and go you know try and win the conference that they move to but there's so much of a Oregon footprint within the Pac-12 coaching ranks and it all really started with Mike Bellotti and it's absolutely insane as to how big that footprint is yeah for sure Mike Bellotti is probably one of the most underrated college football coaches of all time. He built Oregon into what it is. He developed Chris Peterson. He got Chip Kelly. He got Justin mm-hmm. Wilcox. Like all of these guys come from him. And obviously he didn't have the crazy records that Chip Kelly was having. He wasn't blowing teams out. But mm-hmm. like when you look at what he laid the foundation for, it was insane. Yeah, I was going to say he had the building blocks. You know what I mean? It's great. Yeah. Now that we're talking about coaches. <laughs> What's going what's going to happen this offseason? Are you guys going to change head coaches, offensive coordinators or nothing? Like what do, what do you honestly Ugh. think happens? Do you think they'll move on from Let's just start with this. Do they move on from Jimmy Lake? At the current rate, I think so. I think even the, our current administration can look at it on the current pace they are. Let's just say 2 and 3 carries over to the rest of the season. They end what? 5 and 7, 6 and 6. That's probably about where I'd expect it right now too. You know, 
It's not like you've improved I think, drastically. You've only yeah. Slightly. I think if you have a winning record, you fire John Donovan. I think you fire some of the assistant coaches. If you have a losing record, Jimmy Lake's gone. I he has to be. So say Jimmy and Lake's I mean, gone. Who do you want? I don't know. <laughs> I honestly couldn't tell you right now. It seems like anybody's better than what's going on right now. So I'm gonna drop three names for you, and you gotta okay. pick one. Yeah, Kalen DeBoer. Dante Williams, mm-hmm. Joe Moorhead. Dante Williams. Dante Williams? Yeah, I'm going Dante Williams. Just the recruiting prowess he brings. And I mean, oh my gosh, dude. With the way that the new commissioner for the Pac-12 is going, I think recruiting is going to start to explode here outside of, you know, the main schools, Oregon, USC, all that. You're going to see a lot more attention on the West Coast. And I think Dante Williams is the perfect guy to bring in to be able to start to corral some of those guys. You know what I mean? Land all of your in-state four and five-star talent. Land some of these guys from Oregon. Land some of these guys from Cal and Arizona like they've been doing already. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, And granted, you can get the X's and O's guys around you as coordinators. And I'm not saying Dante Williams is a bad X's and O's coach. Well, Mario's done. uh, He's. It's the blueprint for the Pac-12 right now. Like it's. Yeah, he's not proven. So, yeah, um, I totally take Dante Williams. It would be a great shift in what's going on in recruiting. And I think that um, shift in culture around recruiting would be a shift in culture around the program. There'd be a little more swagger in there, you know, and that's that's what I want. But, you know, that's just what I want. I'm just yeah. a fan. I sit on here on a mic on a podcast and <laughs> talk bullshit out of my mouth for 30 minutes. So, yeah, what do it, I know? it would be really interesting, too, because, like, obviously, once you get the recruiting right, it's it changes the entire ball game. Yeah. And even with Cristobal, you know, people argue, I great. And, you know, recruiting is much more a strong suit than X's and O's. I don't think anybody's denying that, but you get that culture and all of a sudden you do start competing with the teams around, you know, you start competing with the Ohio States. You start competing with those teams towards the top, those prestigious programs. Even if you have, you know, a nine and three season, eight and four season, you're still competing towards the top. Yeah. And eventually that's going to pay off and you're going to start, you know, winning those games, going to New Year's Six Bowls. Like you go to Arlington, Texas, and you're d- dominating Auburn for three quarters. You choke that away, yeah. obviously, but you're dominating them for three quarters. You go to Columbus, you bully them on the trenches. Like it's yeah. it's absolutely like Oregon used to always absolutely demolish the teams they were supposed to beat, but they never yeah. beat the good teams. And now it seems like we're going to beat the good teams and struggle with the bad teams. Yeah. Well, it's, at that rate, which one would you rather have in the Pac-12? Uh, I don't I see know. It. That's hard. And uh, <laughs> I, saw, I saw a tweet. I think I mentioned this on the last podcast where somebody said, uh, we're going to play Alabama and then they'll play Arizona and the outcome will be the same score. <laughs> yeah. You know, playing the Pac-12 every year, playing a schedule, you know, you lose a game to Stanford, but you go and beat Ohio State. Would you rather be competitive and lose two or three conference games against teams like Cal, Arizona, Stanford. I'm not saying you lose to all of them, but they're all competitive games. You know, mm-hmm. you likely drop one to, you know, an Oregon State, a Washington, you know, like what happens then? Would you rather have that and be competitive on the national stage? As long as but, we can get to a playoff and win a championship, man. Like that's that's all that matters. I don't if we say we lose to Stanford this year and either AB balls out or we change quarterbacks and there's no turning back. Oregon goes on somehow beats Georgia in the national championship game. Like I would not <laughs> would care. I would Holy like, cow. I would, bro. I don't care that we lost to Stanford now yeah. at all. 
obviously you run the risk then though of being competitive with all these Pac-12 teams to even get to that national stage, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And it's, I mean, it's already cost Oregon on the injury front. It's been, yeah. it's been tough. And games where these guys shreds. In games where these guys shouldn't have been playing late, they're getting hurt <laughs> late. Like Kayvon Thibodeau should not have been in late against Stanford, and he yeah. got ejected. So now he's missing the first half of the Cal game. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Justin Flo and Bennett Williams, they both got hurt on crazy stuff. But there's so many guys who got hurt late in games who shouldn't have. C.J. Verdell should not have had to play that late. Mm-hmm. And it's just you know it's it's the, the war of attrition. It's going to be yeah. entertaining, you know. For sure, I do have one thing I need to admit that I was wrong on. Arizona State is good. Wow, he said it. Oh my god, good. he said it. They might <laughs> now. Honestly, if they if they do this like one more year, if they're consistent one more year, like when Jaden Daniels gone and they still find a way to, we might have to start mentioning them with Oregon and USC. I mean, holy cow. And like, this is considering the wrist slap that they, I, I mean, I don't know if they even got Nothing's punished that extensively. Yet. Yeah. But still, like, you had all those recruiting allegations. I wrote a big article on it on the fifth quarter. Like, you know, we were out. wondering, yes, go check out that article. That's a, few, that's a, what, four months old now? Holy link cow. The description. It's been a while. Yeah. <laughs> we'll link it. You can go read it. It's a good read. I, I think so, personally. Um, but holy cow, even considering all the recruiting allegations against them, obviously, I don't think much is going to be done out of that now at this point. But I mean, you look at them, their only loss this season is to a BYU team who before this week was number 10 in the country. Obviously, they dropped one to Boise State and dropped in the rankings. But BYU's not a slouch of a team. And it's your first game of the season out of conference. Like, I mean, they run the table in the Pac-12, you know, you're looking at a top 10 Arizona State team. BYU losing to a, another Oregon coach. Uh, but yeah, it's it's Arizona State might be a really good team, and they've improved a lot since that BYU game too. It's it's yeah, it's been a completely different team, and I'm not gonna say that they are disciplined, but they're not as undisciplined as I thought they were, because yeah. they were really bad when it comes to penalties and yeah. and stuff so, stuff like that the past few years, and I expected it to be just as bad this year. It hasn't been as bad as I expected it. They've been like middle of the pack, which is a sure. whole lot better than any of us expected. <laughs> yeah, honestly. And Jaden Daniels hasn't been great. He's been good, but he hasn't been what we expected him to be. And they haven't missed a beat. They're still playing great football. Yeah. And that, I think, is um, a testament to Herm Edwards. A testament to Herm Edwards, a testament to the team around him. You know, he doesn't have to do everything at quarterback, which I think helps out a lot. You know, it's huge, man. So yeah. I want to start doing something with this show. Okay. We are going to start not only picking our games, we're going to pick all of the Pac 12 games. Oh, crap. I'm down. So let me pull the games up real quick, and we will get that going. Um, Do you have any that you know right now, like, that's who's going to, like, that's what you got? I don't know any of the Pac-12 matchups off the top of my head besides um, Oregon's and Washington's, so. Gotcha. So, okay. Yeah. We will go to all of them, and obviously we'll do our two last. Okay. Arizona at Colorado. Got to take Colorado. That obviously counted the battle of the bottom there, but it's at Colorado. Arizona hasn't really put up a fight against many teams. I don't know. <laughs> I got to go Colorado. The final I think score. Uh, it's like a three to six game. Yeah, it's hard to predict those, man. Um, we'll go 17-14 Colorado. So I'm going to pick something very bold and very dumb. Are you picking Arizona here? I'm picking Colorado, but I'm also picking them to score 28. Really? 
28-10 Colorado. Wow. That's I'd be very impressed. bold and very dumb. But also it is against Arizona. See, that's the thing, you know. Yeah. They play all these tight games, and then you go and play Arizona, you know. Maybe that's there's actually some know? good games of the Pac-12. Not all of them are good teams, but they're gonna be some good games because like yeah. you have the next Colorado one. Colorado is gonna be close. Yeah, for sure. Next one, this is also gonna be close. Stanford at Washington State. Oh, that's that's a sleeper game. Washington Jayden State Delora as- versus Tanner McKee actually looked pretty decent as much as I hate to say it, you they know, I think they, they could, they could, I'm not saying they will. I'm saying they could at this point in the season, I would be nervous going into that game, going into Pullman. So, well, who do you got? Who's going to win and why are they going to win? What's the score? I, I got to go with Stanford. I mean, just the way they looked against Oregon when they beat them, like, holy cow. I granted it's week by week. Didn't they just get decimated too, though? Yeah. <laughs> and Washington uh, State's coming off that big win over Oregon State? They are. Uh, actually, it's at Pullman. I'm going to go Washington State. We'll go 20, 28-17. I have Jaden Dolores' team winning, even though I should. I'm, I'd be pulling for Stanford. I'd love to see Stanford <laughs> yeah. win because I need that loss to look as good as possible. Yeah, But I really like Jaden Dolores. I do like Tanner McKee, too. That team resides on Tanner McKee. Yeah. Um, you know what? Actually, I'm going to switch it up. Stanford wins 24-21. <laughs> there you go. Tanner McKee is really good. And not obviously, Oregon State forced them to, you know, beat them with Tanner McKee. Like, Tanner McKee had to do everything. And when he couldn't, it cost him the game. But I think Washington State is going to be a much easier opponent to do that against. For sure. So, this is going to be the big matchup. Uh Outside of your matchup, the big matchup yeah. right here, Arizona State travels to Utah. Oh, I'm I'm still taking Arizona State in that one. I is there, uh, Utah look good. Utah's the one who just beat down on Stanford, right? I if I'm so, not yes. mistaken, yes. yeah. Um, Utah looks really good. I just think Arizona State's on fire right now, man. They've won a lot of competitive games that maybe shouldn't have been as competitive, considering their record and how talented they are. But they still pull out of those close games. Um, I think just the streak Arizona State's on, I can't see them stopping now. Um, Arizona State's favored by one. Really? That's a closer spread than I thought. Um, I'll still go. defensive line's really good. They are really good. I'll still go Arizona State, and I'll give it uh, 35-24. I really don't know who to pick for this one. Um, I really think Arizona State's a good team. I don't like Arizona State. But Utah has really solid trenches, and they they could yeah. they could do something similar to what Oregon did to Ohio State. Utah's defense is always just so good. Yeah, <laughs> and Kyle Whittingham is a great coach. Mm. He's probably pound for pound the second to third best coach in the conference, give or take. You know, depending on yeah. where you what your opinion is on some guys. For sure, and he could be that, in that conversation. Yeah, for sure. With that said, I'm going to pick. Utah to win 38-35. There you go. Be a close game. Yeah. And now we're going to break into the really fun ones. <laughs> we'll start Cal at Oregon. Cal yeah. at number nine, Oregon. I You got to take Oregon in this one. I mean, Cal has just not looked good this year. And they were... I was thinking they were at least going to be competitive putting up a fight against a lot of these teams. Granted, they took Washington they to overtime. They had garbage back. I thought they were going to be good. 
Yeah. And I mean, they just, uh, they, I have not been impressed by what I've seen. And I think, yeah, I got to take Oregon here. And I think they went comfortably. I'm taking 38 to 14. See, you know, last time I picked Oregon to win by a good bit, we lost. So <laughs> I'm going to say Oregon wins, and I'm going to say it's 27-17. There you go. Closer margin. Hey, I told I just want to say with the Stanford game, I told you that that game was going to be close and competitive. No, 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 no. If you would have told me that 11 players would have got ejected and hurt, then maybe <laughs> I would have believed you. But I'm just like, saying you telling me you saw TriQuest Bridges getting ejected. You saw Kayvon getting ejected. <laughs> you saw CJ getting hurt. Like you saw all that. You saw Joe Moorhead being hospitalized. I still just want to say that I was right. I need, Whatever. I need to cherish Whatever. this, Mike. Let me, let me have my moment here. <laughs> Somebody was on Twitter telling me about that. I was like, dude, like you're really going to tell me that after that game and <laughs> at the end of that game, Oregon still should have won. Yeah. So it's didn't. fuck you. so we're gonna save what i think is gonna be the best game for last it's gonna be yeah it's going to be ucla traveling to seattle to take on the mighty huskies of washington what's the spread on that game i've seen bounce around by like two points in favor of either team i would be very shocked if you guys were favored you're favored by one and a half Oh my god, dude. Washington See, is and now they are losing. I have UCLA 38, Washington <laughs> 7. Here, holy cow. You think it's just a blowout, huh? Yeah, I think UCLA will finally, you know, get some of it together. And not because I don't think your corners are bad. Your linebackers are inexperienced, they're not great. Your defensive line has struggled at times. So I yeah. think they're just gonna read option you to death and they're gonna RPO you to death on slant routes with the RPOs. It's I could see it. Outside see here, draw with a slant route on an RPO. Like, what are you going to do? Like, you guys don't have the personnel to handle that. Fair. I st- oh, that's that's a tough, that's a steep slope, though. I don't know about that one. With Here's my dilemma. Here's where I'm kind of stuck. Wait, is ETF back? Uh, he was practicing. He's week by week. So he'll probably be back next week, I think. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't so, know. Yeah. Last time I checked Twitter, like a few hours ago, they said he was week to week. So that could have changed in that time. But. Last I checked, they're still unsure about his exact return date. Um, Because I predicted UCLA to win this game at the beginning of the year. Um, In my my season prediction for UW. But obviously, I'm still a UW fan. So I'm I'm debating if I die on my hill that I set uh, three months ago. Or if I just say, screw it and be a homer here. What do you think? Like, what do you genuinely think is going to happen? genuinely mm-hmm. genuinely Ro- rose glasses rose tinted glasses off there's a bug on my mic get out of here um i think ucla beats uw in a close one i think ucla pulls it out like 28 24 um as much as i do not want that to happen uh dtr coming into town makes me extremely nervous the defense has proven that while their past defense is beyond elite they do not respond well to any kind of run game um, even the short yardage passes and stuff, the dink and dunk hasn't been terrific uh, for us because obviously those mid-level defenders have struggled. And I just am not confident in the offense, and I think UCLA's defense is serviceable enough to get the job done. Um, I hope I'm wrong. I really do. I hope I'm 150% incorrect and Utah blows them out. 
if it's but I think UCLA lines, wins a close one. If it if it steamlines Dante Williams to UW, are you mad at it? No, <laughs> not at all. <laughs> I said I would like to land a recruit. This so year. I, yeah, I am. I am dying on the hill that I had at the beginning of the season with that graphic I made that was proven wrong within the first game of the season, and yeah, I am tough. sticking to it. Yeah, that, that graphic ain't looking tough. too good right now. Five games in, and I'm already one game one? behind. Uh, ten and two, actually. Oh, no, what else? You said eleven and one. Uh, see, going. I had I had UW losing this game and Stanford. Everybody called me nuts. Now it doesn't look so nuts. I'm just saying. Now you look Granted. nuts for having them beating more teams than you know more teams <laughs> than that. Now, now I'm also nuts for other reasons. Being a Husky fan at the moment, because uh, it's driving me to insanity. But you know, yeah, you, you win some, you lose some, right? So what what do you, what can Washington do to build momentum for next year? What do you want to see going forward? Uh, they got to figure it out on offense. But also at the same time, I just don't think that staff can build momentum for this team. I really don't think good. so. Dylan Morris is, uh, He's not uh, but also you run the risk of throwing Sam Heward into a bad situation here. Uh, I think you got to finish out the season with what you got. Now you got to develop, take your lumps. Uh, take your lumps. You got to develop Sam Heward. You got to have that QB battle be really intense next year. And if Dylan Morris, you know, on a, on a short leash, I think going into next season, um, during camp and stuff, I you got to make some changes to that coaching staff if you wanna if you wanna win more games. Either mm-hmm. that, or there has to be a drastic shift starting this week, or like at some point in the next two weeks. Because if there's not, there's no hope that this team is going to get to eight or nine wins. If there's they, not. If they keep the staff, this especially after without like talented, the roster is now, and you are still struggling to have a 500 record, and it's gonna get worse. Exactly. And like no I mean, matter recruit- what you do this season, next season's roster is going recruit- to be worse. Exactly. I think the talent composite on UW's roster is top 25, isn't it? Yeah, it's probably top 25. I think it's like right outside the top 10. Yeah. Like you're 49% blue chips, which is right outside the top 10. Yeah. And I mean, you cannot have that kind of roster and have a two and three team. You just can't. That's, that's a testament to the coaching staff. That's a testament to people making decisions. And if you keep like, the staff, what's going to happen next year with a worse ro- roster? When you're exactly. losing a lot of your best players, at the at the best, you're going to look at a Washington team that's competitive in the pack. That's going to win Compet- six games. Competitive in the pack, and that's it. Nothing more. You'll and probably like, squeak into a bowl game every year, every other year. Competitive on like a a modern day Stanford level, not like competitive on a Arizona State level or yeah. on Oregon USC's level. And you know, Utah being a competitive, like winning every now and again program, isn't a bad thing. But when you talk up the Utah program at where it needs to be, where they want to be, you can't, the staff just won't cut it. What they're doing now just will not cut it. You know what I mean? I don't know if Jimmy Lake has a personality to be a head coach. I like him. I, I, I like Jimmy Lake a lot. I think coach, he would. Yeah. But I don't know if he's got the personality to be a head coach. Yeah. And like I said, I hope I'm proven wrong. I hope they just come out and beat UCLA by 40 points and I shut up. I hope that's what happens. I want to be wrong. I really do, Mike. I want to be wrong. But I just am not confident that anything's going to change. So we're going to do one last question for both of us before we end this episode. You have the current Washington team. You could take one player from any other Pac-12 team and put them on Washington. Who would it be? So you have Drake London. You have Noah Sewell. You have Tanner McKee. You have, uh, shoot, I don't even know. Devin Lloyd. Uh, that's a tough one. I really like Noah Sewell. 
I think that's who I'm going with. Noah Sewell? Yeah. That I think so. Though. Especially with especially with, you know, your linebackers looking iffy. You got quite a few older guys, Bowman's an older guy on that um in that linebacker room. Um if anything, just to bring some some real experience to the table. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. some good player, you know, guys can rally around him. Um would really help the run game, I think. And I don't think the D line uh, see, I don't know. Because the D line also needs some work. Oh, I forget Kayvon Thibodeau exists. Yeah, but I, I are that? we are we assuming he's gone next year? Or is this no, 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 this, this is just for this season. Oh, that season? Oh yeah, I'm taking Thibodeau. <laughs> I thought he was <laughs> off the table, hundred percent. Obviously, like besides the fact that like he's not kind of healthy, like he's back. That might he's, be a bad thing. Supposedly, hundred percent this week. Okay, assuming he's hundred percent taking Thibodeau. Yeah, hundred percent. Game changer. Yeah. <laughs> now. Just imagine this. Trent McDuffie on Oregon with Mike Wright. Oh. I I feel that would I feel be dirty. Filthy. I feel gross. I feel gross thinking about that, but also holy cow. That would talk be about filthy. a defense. Yeah. Talk about a secondary right there, man. Lockdown. Oh. When your third corner is like a five star Dante Manning or a Triquez Bridges yeah. or a DJ James or whoever you want it to be. Yeah. That's nuts. I thought about Devin Lloyd. I thought about Drake London, but then I realized he wouldn't be used. I yeah. thought about a quarterback, but I'll, honestly, like, how big is the gap? As, mu- as much as I dislike Anthony Brown, how big is the gap between him and the next other Pac-12 quarterbacks? I don't think it's that massive. Yeah. We're not getting great quarterback play in the conference this year. And it's- I think I think you could benefit from a DTF or a... Um... DTR? DTR, sorry, I, I was thinking of ZTF. Yeah, I was thinking of uh, ZTF because you mentioned him. If so. anyone, Tanner McKee or uh, Jaden Daniels. You really don't want DTR. He's too like, he's too inconsistent. We have an ins- inconsistent quarterback right now. That's fair. I think with the tools around him, he'd be a little bit more consistent in that system. But also, you could make the argument for Anthony Brown right now. So yeah, and I get it. It'll be interesting, but it'll be a fun week of games, and we hope you guys enjoy your weekend. We want to thank you for tuning into the Ducks and Dogs podcast, and we'll see you next time. Go, Ducks. You were willing to say that? Damn, I would have been embarrassed. Yeah,